0: Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 16th of August. More than 63,000 new coronavirus cases were reported in the country today, pushing the total number of cases close to 26 lakh. The death toll rose by 944 to reach nearly 50,000. India's positivity rate, which gives an indication of the prevalence of the disease, currently stands at 8.50%. The Health Ministry, however, said that India's case fatality rate of 1.93% is the lowest in the world. The Ministry said that the steady rise in recoveries has ensured that the percentage caseload of the country is reducing. The three states that recorded the highest number of cases in the last 24 hours are Maharashtra, Tamil Nadu and Andhra Pradesh. Maharashtra's tally is inching closer to 6 lakhs. Tamil Nadu's tally is over 3 lakhs. Bihar too has over 1 lakh cases now, making it the 8th state to record over a lakh Covid cases. Right now, Mizoram is the only state in India with less than 1,000 cases of Covid-19 apart from Lakshadweep, which continues to be Covid-free with no cases detected on the islands so far. India has been reporting over 60,000 new cases daily since August 7th, except on August 11th, when a little over 53,000 new cases were recorded. Meanwhile, the Jammu and Kashmir administration today restarted pilgrimage to the Vaishnu Devi temple nearly five months after it was suspended due to the pandemic. In the first week of the pilgrimage, only 2,000 devotees will be allowed, out of which 1,900 will be from Jammu and Kashmir and 100 will be from outside the Union territory. Only online registrations were allowed for the pilgrimage. A week ago, over 700 workers in Andhra's Tirumala Tirupati temple, which remained open despite being in a containment zone, had tested positive for COVID-19. The next news story contains some graphic details of violence, so please consider this a trigger warning. The Uttar Pradesh police have arrested two men for allegedly raping and killing a 13-year-old girl in Lakhimpur Kheri district. The body of the girl, who was strangled with her tongue allegedly cut off, was found in a sugarcane field owned by one of the accused. The police have said that the assault took place on Friday in a village close to the Nepal border. The girl had gone missing early in the afternoon. Her father told TV news channels that they went looking for her everywhere until they found her in a sugarcane field. The father said, and I quote, Her eyes had been gouged out, her tongue was cut and she was strangled with a dupatta, unquote. The police said that the post-mortem report confirmed that the girl was sexually assaulted but denied the family's claim that her tongue was cut off and her eyes were gouged out. However, Kheri Superintendent of Police Satender Kumar said, and I quote, There is nothing in the post-mortem to suggest this. There were scratches near the eyes, likely due to the sharp sugarcane leaves where the body was found. Unquote. Kumar said that the two accused, identified as Santosh Yadav and Sanjay Gautam, have been booked under Section 302 and Section 376 of the IPC. He said that strict action will be taken against the accused under the National Security Act. Bheem Army President Chandrasekhar Azad said that Dalit oppression is at its peak under the BJP government in Uttar Pradesh. On Twitter, he wrote, and I quote, If this is not Jungle Raj, then what is? Our daughters are not safe. Our homes are not safe. There is an atmosphere of fear everywhere. Yogi Adityanath should resign. Terming the incident as very saddening and shameful, Bahujan Samaj Party supremo Maya on Saturday demanded strict action against the guilty. Uttar Pradesh's Azamgarh district saw protests break out yesterday after the murder of a Dalit village headman on Friday. Satyamev Jayate, a first-time pradhan of Basgao, was shot dead by Thakurs in an alleged case of political conspiracy. There is heavy police presence in the village with the upper caste houses locked and the Dalits alleging that Satyamev was killed for refusing to act in subservience to the Thakurs. Satyamev's nephew, Lincoln said, and I quote, they murdered him because they could not stand a Dalit man saying no to them, unquote. The police have lodged a case against Vivek Singh, also known as Bholu, Suryansh Kumar Dubey, Brijinder Singh, also known as Gappu, and Vaseem for Satyamev's murder. Dubey has five other cases against him, including attempt to murder. The DIG of Azamgarh range said that they were going by Satyamev's family's claims till the accused were arrested and questioned. He added, and I quote, It doesn't matter what the motive is. The murder of an elected person is a very serious crime. Unquote. Another casualty of the shootout was an eight-year-old boy, Suraj, who was allegedly crushed by a vehicle in the protest after the Pradhan's murder. On Saturday, his family had alleged that the boy had come under a police vehicle. The DIG said that they would investigate the matter. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath condoled the death of Satimev Jete and gave instructions to suspend the person in charge at the Azamgarh police station with immediate effect. He also announced compensation for the family under the SCST Act, along with an additional sum of 5 lakh rupees from the Chief Minister's relief fund. More FIRs are being registered five days after violence broke out in Bengaluru, triggered by an alleged social media post that was derogatory to Prophet Muhammad. In the violence that occurred in East Bengaluru, a mob had attacked a Congress legislator's residence and a police station. The Deputy Commissioner of Police, Sharanappa SD, told Indian Express, and I quote, a total of 264 accused have been arrested in connection to the violence and rioting that took place on August 11th night, with a total of 52 FIRs registered at DJ Halli and KG Halli stations so far. More complaints are being taken up as we speak. Unquote. The death toll due to the violence rose to four yesterday when a 24-year-old accused died at a government hospital after a surgery to remove what was allegedly a tear gas shell. The deceased, Sayed Nadeem, was found to be COVID positive and did not respond to post-operative treatment due to subsequent complications. Meanwhile, residents of the area have been alleging that the police continues to barge into their houses and randomly picks up youngsters. At least 60 police personnel were injured in the attack. Police said that the person responsible for the offensive post, which has been since deleted, has been arrested. Besides this, over 200 people have been arrested in the case, including Kaleem Pasha, the husband of Congress Corporator Irshad Begum, and other people linked to the Social Democratic Party of India, a pro-Muslim political outfit. Nolan Pinto, special correspondent with India Today, was one of the five journalists who were attacked during the riots that broke out in East Bengaluru on Tuesday. Nolan, who along with other journalists was recording what was unfolding when a policeman approached them, said, and I quote, I don't know what happened but the police suddenly said we have to leave. We protested. I said I was from the India Today Ajitak group. When they persisted, we gave in. While we were going back, one policeman who was drunk, clearly high and on a bike, used a pole to hit us. He first hit Prajwal Bhatt of the News Minute on his back and then he hit me on my right thigh. He hit me again on my head. I started bleeding but I did not realise it then. We realised if we did not run, he would keep hitting us. So, we ran. Unquote. Ravi Kumar P.S., the chief of the crime bureau of the Canada news channel Suvarna TV and his colleagues who were also covering the incident were assaulted by the rioters. To know more about what happened, do read the report by 101 Reporters on Newslaundry.com. It is titled Bangalore Riots, Five Journalists Hurt in Attacks by Rioters and Police. And now for some international updates. The worldwide coronavirus cases have surpassed 21.35 million, according to the Johns Hopkins University tracker. While more than 13.36 million people have recovered, almost 769,000 have died from it. According to health officials, the new COVID outbreak in New Zealand is still growing. The country recorded 13 new cases, bringing the total cases to 69 and putting the September general election in question. New Zealand Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters also called for a delay to the planned general election, given an abrupt reappearance of COVID-19 in the country, increasing pressure on Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern to postpone it. The opposition National Party also wants a delay, hoping that Ardern, who had garnered much praise for how she has been handling the pandemic, will face criticism once the hardships caused by the Auckland lockdown begins to gain attention. Australia, on the other hand, which was struggling with the resurgence in its two largest states, New South Wales and Victoria, has reported a further decline in the number of new infections. New South Wales reported just five new cases, while Victoria reported 279 new cases on Sunday. France Employment Minister Elizabeth Bourne said that the country is set to announce new measures within the next two weeks to stem the spread of COVID-19 in the workplace. This comes after Paris and Marseille were declared red zones and the country recorded another new high in post-lockdown infections. The South African president Cyril Ramfosa, meanwhile, said on Saturday that all indications were that South Africa had reached the peak of COVID-19 infections as he announced a sweeping removal of lockdown restrictions on the economy. Tens of thousands of opponents of the Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko have gathered in Minsk to protest against the disputed elections. The Sunday afternoon March for Freedom comes amid growing anger over the alleged poll rigging and police violence at the subsequent protests. Meanwhile, in an address to a smaller crowd of several thousand, Lukashenko blasted opponents as rats. He called on supporters to defend their country and independence. The rallies were taking place after Russia agreed to offer security assistance in the case of external military threats to Belarus. It was found that Lukashenko had spoken twice to the President Vladimir Putin over the weekend. Launching into a tirade against Western Military Alliance, the longtime Belarus leader also voiced concerns over NATO's military exercises that were taking place in neighbourhood Poland and Lithuania. The unrest in the country erupted after Lukashenko claimed a landslide victory in last Sunday's elections, the result of which has been condemned amid widespread allegations of vote-rigging. According to a recent report published by the Wall Street Journal, Facebook ignored its hate speech policy and allowed anti-Muslim posts on its platform to avoid ruining its relationship with India's governing party, BJP. The Wall Street Journal report published on Friday said that a top Facebook executive in India refused to apply the company's hate speech rules to BJP politicians and other Hindu nationalist individuals and groups. Based on inputs from current and former Facebook employees, the report said, and I quote, the company's top public policy executive in India, Anki Das, opposed applying the hate speech rules to T. Raja Singh and at least three other Hindu nationalist individuals and groups flagged internally for promoting or participating in violence. Unquote. T. Raja Singh, a BJP legislator from Telangana, is known for his anti-Muslim stance. The Wall Street Journal said that the right-wing politician had demanded mainly Muslim Rohingya refugees to be shot, called India's Muslims traitors and threatened to demolish mosques in his Facebook posts and speeches. In March this year, the report said that Facebook employees responsible for policing the platform had found that Singh had violated their hate speech rules and suggested banning his account. But Anki Das refused to act against Singh, who has tens and thousands of followers on Facebook and the company-owned Instagram. Quoting unnamed current and former employees, the report said, Das, whose job includes lobbying India's government on Facebook's behalf, told staff members that punishing violations by politicians from Modi's party would damage the company's business prospects. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Last week, the Newslaundry team recorded the 100th episode of our popular news satire show TV Nuisance. The special episode saw an appearance by Abhinandan and Meghnath, along with Manisha in Never Seen Before Avatars. Since I do not want to give anything away, let's just say the atmosphere at the News Laundry office was reverberating with bhakti. Do watch the episode for some food for thought and of course a much needed dose of laughter. Dear listeners, do check out our website newslaundry.com for in-depth ground reports, updates on the state of media, podcasts, video interviews and a lot more. To keep bringing you content like this, we do need your support. As you all know, News Laundry is an ad-free news platform because when the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served. But when the public pays, the public is served. So subscribe to News Laundry, pay to keep news free and become a proud supporter of independent media. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.